welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals, and the greater community. Welcome to today's episode and our very special guest, Katie Barnes. Katie's an exercise physiologist, wife, and a mother to a beautiful little one-year-old. Today, we're going to be discussing um, exercise and pregnancy, and with Katie's experience over the last couple of years, I couldn't have thought of a better person to have in with us. So thank you, Katie, and welcome along. Thank you for having me. So tell us a bit, a little bit about you first and why you became an EP. So I grew up in a small country town up in central Victoria, Harcourt. You get all your apples from there. Uh, and when you're going through secondary school and you're sort of thinking what you're going to do after school, and I loved sport, you know, playing netball, I swam at a state level, uh, and it sort of just tracked into studying something that was exercise and sport related. So I went and did exercise and sports science in Ballarat. And while there, I gained a passion for the rehabilitation side of exercise purely through my own injuries. So that's what led me down the EP pathway. I think sometimes practitioners that have had injuries make the uh, best type of practitioners. You get that bit of empathy and you get that real sense of (laughs) what's needed to get back on your feet. And you can certainly build better rapport with people when you've been there yourself, such as an ACL injury, for sure. (laughs) Yes, I'm not wishing that on anyone. No. (laughs) So let's talk about exercise and pregnancy. And my big question for you is how did you apply your knowledge to yourself? Because we can be our worst worst best friend when we know things that we should be doing and we don't do them. So talk us through that. So I had a beautiful little girl last May, so in 2020, at the peak of wave one in COVID. So the pregnancy as such, I was – horribly sick for the first 20 weeks Uh, and being able to apply exercise regimes when you feel that way is very, very challenging. So the second half of the pregnancy was a bit better. I still was able to do some uh, regular strength training, which is a big part of keeping yourself fit and well during pregnancy. Uh, However, most of my structured exercise was just walking and and things like that because we have a dog that we need to walk as well. Um, But applying my knowledge of what's good during pregnancy to myself, it tailored my exercise prescription a little bit more, the same way that I would do with a client. But the regularity of it was quite challenging when you're still working full-time, especially in in the setting that we do. It is time-consuming. Yeah, I was about to say, you did keep working right up, so, yeah. you know, that's exhausting in itself on your feet yeah. for most of that time and lifting <laughs> weights for other people. And <laughs> that actually, it did help, though, working in this setting and keeping me strong from that point of view because throwing around the weights until 36 weeks was beneficial in that you wouldn't do that if you worked in an office job. Yeah, sitting so, at a desk. Yeah, it was... It was a beneficial thing to still be doing that, but having a structured program is going to be better, obviously. So talk to me about um, the strength training. What happens during pregnancy that strength training is so important? As obviously 
pregnancy progresses, the body changes in very unique ways. And every woman is going to hold her pregnancy differently. Some gain more weight, some gain no weight, some have babies that don't develop at a rate which stops them from doing extra activity as well. Um, However, from a general apparently healthy pregnant person, the pelvis will roll forward or you'll get what's called an anterior pelvic tilt, which increases the space in your abdomen for that baby to grow. As pregnancy progresses, obviously that tilt will become more prominent. But doing exercises that target your your glutes, your hamstrings, your abs, and then the muscles in your upper back will help to offload a lot of the aches and pains that will come along with pregnancy, as well as getting you ready for whatever mode of delivery that baby's coming into the world for. Uh, There is a lot of research around making sure that hamstrings are targeted purely to encourage the pelvis to stay in a more neutral position, which makes sense when we think about it, because if you avoid them longer and longer, they're just going to get weaker and weaker. So trying to encourage as much strength around that pelvic girdle as you can to offload any of the pain that might be associated through the back and the pelvis. Yeah, and there's an increase in hormones. So what does that yeah. do to the body as well? Yeah, so the, the changes in hormones with pregnancy will also increase the laxity within your joints, particularly through, well, when, when you're looking at pregnancy and birth, that needs to be really prominent through the hips, the pelvis, things like that. However, those hormones don't just target the hips and the pelvis. You, It's going to be systemic. So Women typically feel looser and more flexible uh, through all joints of their body during pregnancy. Uh, So we do need to be considerate of that from a risk factor point of view. So making sure that we're not pushing you beyond what your capacity is, being aware of your centre of gravity changing as well as Bubby grows. So how that's going to affect the way that you move is going to be a real consideration. When you start that waddle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or you try to lean over something and end up falling over it because you're not used to that weight at the front. The big one for me was I would normally scoot between the Smith machine weight racks and as Belly got bigger I couldn't do that anymore. (laughs) So it's being very aware. Or getting out of the car and you're parking the same distance from where you normally would but suddenly you can't get out of the car. You can only open the door a certain amount. You don't fit. You've got to go and find a new car space. Some days that makes you laugh and some days that's just so frustrating. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to squeeze past someone's another thing and all of a sudden you're bumping them with your belly and it's like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, you can still feel it. People think you yeah. can't feel it, you can. <laughs> but it's also being considerate of uh, body positions when you're exercising too. So it isn't recommended that you exercise on your back after 16 weeks gestation or roughly four months. However, that is very dependent on the person. The reason... Well, the reasons behind not recommending that is that it's going to suppress uh, blood flow to Bubby. So in in general CPR terms, when there's a lady who's pregnant and you're putting them into a recovery position, it's always propping up their right hip to ensure that there's certain blood flow. Uh, It's a similar thing in terms of pregnancy in that if you're exercising flat on your back, you're going to impede that, um, that blood flow. So... Just being very mindful of body positions for um, pregnant mama and her baby and whether or not she's comfortable in that position is going to be dependent on the person, Mm. 100%. And obviously, you know, people start um, their pregnancy in different levels of fitness. You'll get people that are very fit 
before getting pregnant and maybe some that have let their fitness go for a bit. So they're not going to all jump in at the same level of activity either, are they? Yeah, and it's a good way to look at it for anyone that is listening that's wanting to get pregnant, is pregnant, is in the throes of it, whatever it may be. It's giving you a window of opportunity to try and make a difference. So it doesn't matter at what point you start, obviously, you know, pending doctor's recommendations and things like that if there are other complications. Um, But it gives you the opportunity to make some changes. And there is a bit of research behind healthier mums producing healthier offspring as well. So that's a really really big contributing factor. Could be a good motivator too, could it? Absolutely, yeah. And irregardless of whether it's a natural birth or a cesarean birth or instrumental, whatever may be, the stronger and fitter you are going into that, the, it's like any surgery or big mm. athletic event, the stronger and fitter you go into it, the better you recover from it. But nothing is going to prepare you for those first few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. So it's, you know, it prepares you nicely to make sure that you're strong for those for those feeding positions and, you know, rocking, carrying, whatever may be with that little newborn. Um and, yeah, the stronger you go into those things, the better you do recover and, and manage on yeah. the other side. And I think as we discussed, we are going to do a part two to this, which is post, uh, yes. post-pregnancy. <laughs> but today we'll stick with our, um, you know, during, beforehand and during pregnancy. Um, so what types of, you know, not every female does strength training. So what types of things were you particularly doing that were beneficial for you? For myself, I did one to two sessions a week of strength training and myself, um, Jamie and another one of our APs, Georgia, we would go and do a session before one of our shifts during the week uh, and focusing on making sure that I'm doing some global strengthening work, so through glutes, hamstrings, quads, and then making sure that I'm doing some pulling-based exercises like rows, uh, deadlifts were a big one as well just to ensure that I was nice and strong through my back to keep going forward. And I I had a pretty cruisy pregnancy in terms of body aches and pains. I had a bit of pelvic instability towards the end or sacroiliac joint um, instability, but I was pretty good. I was walking up until the day before I had her. So Yeah, and I suppose some people with some of these uh, weaknesses that we've talked about, if they're weak in any of those areas, is that where you start to get your sort of referred pain down your legs and those sorts of... It can, yeah, and it generally just leaves you feeling pretty miserable towards the end there that if you, in saying that, some of those things are unavoidable depending on what your your anatomy is like. Yep. So if you are generally a very stretchy, hypermobile person, you might find that those things are worse during pregnancy because of those extra hormones. Um, however, it's... <laughs> It can go both ways. It really can. The stronger you are going into those things, hopefully the less they debilitate you. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And what other things? Did you swim at all? You've talked about walking. I didn't get to swim, unfortunately. We oh, because we were closed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were closed. Melbourne was closed Melbourne down. Melbourne <laughs> was closed from, oh, what, start of April, end of March, something like that. So I didn't get to do any time. Did you get to float pool. in your bath? Did you? I did. <laughs> Anything like that? Weight, weightlessness. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, the, yeah, I, I just did lots of walking with the dog. Uh, but yeah, I didn't get to utilize much swimming or the, the pool, but that is for particularly people with really 
sore back, pelvis, things like that, the pool is a wonderful tool. However, be really careful when it comes to the temperature of that water. Uh, Pregnant women tend to run a little bit hotter and you've got to be considerate of hydration and those other factors too. So getting into like a hydrotherapy pool, although may feel wonderful, you may get out and feel really lightheaded, dizzy. You may not have had any water while you're in there. Just factors to be considerate of. Yeah, again, and I know there's so you know so many um, health professionals out there to guide people during those pregnant times. Uh, and I hear of people, and I know of people that have kept you know riding their horse right up until a certain point in time, or continued to run you know further than what the average person could run. How do you, you know, how does that work? It's very dependent on the person. Uh, recommendation, and there isn't a lot of research as such. On, on pregnancy and whatnot because it's unethical. You can't push someone to their to their limits <laughs> while they're pregnant. Let's see what happens Let's here. Let's see what happens and see what it affects. So Nobody will is, sign off on that study. No. <laughs> so the it is very dependent on the person. If you were a, an avid runner prior to pregnancy and you can maintain those things, obviously adjusting your load, your distance, your speed, whatever factors you need to change to maintain that, as long as it still feels good, you can continue with the guidance of your EP, physio, doctor, obstetrician, whatever may be. Uh, just the the things to be considerate of is your are you at risk of falling over and falling on belly or contact sports like netball, basketball. Well, netball's not meant to be a contact sport, but there's always <laughs> an elbow there. And I think with some of those sports now there's rules yes. about how what length of time they're prepared to let you play exactly. for as well. From an insurance point of yeah. view, they if – Pregnancy is known, I'm pretty sure it's highly recommended that you don't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, hydration and fatigue is another big factor leading into those things. So normal person, average number, is about 2.1 litres of water a day. With pregnancy, it goes up to 2.3, and that's any of your water, so tea, water, the electrolyte drinks, things like that. Because for those spewy mamas out there, you're going to need those things. It's making sure that you're still providing the ideal environment for that baby to thrive yeah. as well. So food, the intensity of the exercise, what position you're in, the heat, whether that's in the gym setting, outside, pool, whatever may be. Um, and then just making sure that the other bits and pieces that come along with pregnancy aren't causing further issues. So is there any spotting? Are you getting any further complications from that point of view? Um, Big contraindications for exercise and pregnancy, and you'll need GP or obstetrician clearance a lot of the time, is if you have preeclampsia, so that is dizziness, fluid retention and high blood pressure as a three. And generally they're onto it pretty quickly when you have that sort of complication. So meaning that they wouldn't be advising... Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So higher blood pressure is... I had it towards the end of pregnancy as well, Um, and it was just managed. It wasn't something that I needed to take medication for or anything, and exercise is generally really good for blood pressure, so it's just making sure that I wasn't getting the dizziness, the headaches, overdoing it, essentially. Um, No housework, no washing? Oh, that's right. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Another... 
contraindicated one is placenta previa. So where the placenta is sitting over the top of the cervix. And if a mama has that, she's been told she has that because it is something to be very, very careful of. It You can have some bleeding or things like that, especially with that sort of condition. So being really aware of what your normal is and not pushing those limits. Um, persistent bleeding in trimesters two and three needs to be cleared by the doctor as well, and just making sure that it's not anything that we're missing. Uh, gestational diabetes in the pregnant mama is okay to exercise as long as it's controlled and it's not over the top. But that's the same with any sort of diabetes as well, but obviously the impact that that's going to have on on bub. Um, if your membranes have broken, if bubs is in a breach position in the third trimester or if there's an incompetent cervix, there are things that need to be cleared as well. And I think that's the importance of having, you know, the good health care. And we're lucky in most of our um, country that we do have yeah. good health care available. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole support team that you've talked about, you know, the GP, the um, obstetrician, your Midwives, other ex yeah. ex-phys that have got those qualifications, your specialist physios or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the big ones to stop and you will know them within yourself that I don't feel right to continue with my exercise, uh, any fluid loss or bleeding, especially, well, at any point in your pregnancy, but particularly as time rolls on and things are getting bigger, uh, shortness of breath, dizziness or headaches that aren't normal for you and any pelvic or lower back pain that isn't again just a normal achy pain with with pregnancy whether or not it's indicating some preterm labor or what else is going on but just really listen to your body very much so and I think that is your normal message anyway isn't it that how does it feel when you do particular exercise and don't you know don't push through pain if you're doing an exercise so it's that's sort of your normal messaging and you're just really upping the ante on please make sure you're listening really closely to your body. Yeah, and, and recommendations from a guidelines point of view, it's no different than a normal healthy adult as well. So it's ideally 30-plus minutes of cardiovascular exercise a day at a moderate intensity, and that's the same for, for you or I as well. Yep. And two to three days of that resistance training um, just to give you the best possible Base is probably a good way to put it, but just like, just like anyone, if it doesn't feel right, don't push yourself beyond what is tolerable for you. So, what what would thirty minutes of moderate exercise be if it's not if it's different to your resil- resilience days? So, resistance. Days. Sorry, it's my spelling there. My own handwriting. <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> Haven't got my glasses on. <laughs> So moderate intensity exercise would be, well, for me it was going for a walk with the dog and just having it at an intensity where you can maintain a conversation but you may need to have a couple of breathers here and there. Uh, Swimming would be at a similar intensity, same with bike riding, but, again, being mindful of your falls risk and whether or not you're going to topple off that bike or a stationary bike, it's been done, (laughs) Uh, and... With the resistance training side of things, giving yourself adequate rest periods between your sets is going to be a big factor. So like I said before, there's not a lot of research behind pregnancy and exercise. So high-intensity interval training is a grey area more because you need to work within your capacity and not 
overdo it is probably the best way to put that one. Mm. Well, I think when I asked about the moderate exercise, because moderate walking when you're pregnant, you know, and we're talking sort of the latter months when you're a bit bigger, walking when you're pregnant then um, at a moderate pace would probably be a slow pace when you're not pregnant. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and it's going to depend on your fitness at the start, the middle and the end, whether you were a marathon runner up until you got pregnant are you going to be able to still run towards the end? Everyone's different. If you did absolutely nothing at the start, don't expect to run marathons at the end. So, You sure? We'll see. <laughs> I, I don't think I can recommend no. that. No, not at all. Um, and, and I suppose it's finding something that you love doing to keep you motivated. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, like anything at the moment, it's, looking at you as a as a whole picture so yes your body's changing yes it's increasing its abdominal capacity to grow baby and all all the rest of that gambit but looking after your mental health is a huge part of that as well so each trimester is very different and each pregnancy is different from person to person as well so looking after your mental health from the start to the end is is paramount as well. And we know exercise has a huge impact on mental health and well-being. Absolutely. So with pregnancy, you can get anxiety and depression within pregnancy as well based on the hormonal changes that you're having. So it's being very mindful of doing what's best for for yourself, both body and mind. Uh, and then what that does on the other side of pregnancy we'll go into in our next one, but there are resources available for you if things aren't going well or, you know, hands out there if, if you have a miscarriage or a stillbirth or anything like that. That's that's horrible and you need support for things like that. So looking after yourself from a global point of view is is a big, big part. And you talked about earlier that some of the things that if you were suffering medically, you wouldn't be able to necessarily exercise. So they, what you've just talked about goes hand in hand. Definitely. Yeah, if all of a sudden you're told, no, you need to be in bed for six weeks, yeah. that's going to affect your mental health as well. Absolutely. And, and your anxiety got... about what that means and yeah. are we going to get through this. And yeah. yeah, and if you've got other littlies that you're running around after at the same time or it's... It's hard. So look, looking after yourself is going to be, you know, a, a really big factor for that nine months and beyond for sure. Um, exercise can also be a really could really big contributing factor for those struggling with infertility, not only from the physical and mental health side of things and, and again, looking after yourself the whole, the whole platter, but... Conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome, there is some research behind those ones. Uh, and reducing your <clears throat> I've lost my train of thought here. Infertility. Mm. So polycystic ovarian syndrome, there is some research behind the weight loss side of things and the improvements that that can have on your fertility. So one of the girls I have worked with before, her first pregnancy really struggled to to get pregnant and then suffered the whole pregnancy with pelvic instability and hip pain. Came to me, we worked together for a couple of years and they got pregnant 
pretty well straight away the second time around. Body was fitter, stronger, more able, and her second pregnancy was a breeze. Yeah. Just managed it so much better. So from if you are struggling with that side of things, implementing some exercise, realistically, can't make things worse for sure. But you're looking after yourself better, which provides a more ideal environment. And for conditions like PCOS, if you are having you know, extra, if you're carrying extra weight and things like that, it's going to reduce the the pressure that's on your organs anyway, which is going to in turn give you other health benefits. So, yes. Yeah, lovely. And what about if people haven't got access to a gym or um, face-to-face exercise physiology? I know, you know, in the modern world now we can do online things, but what sort of equipment or their own body weight could they use you know is that okay when they're pregnant to be using their own body weight to exercise absolutely and you certainly get larger as the pregnancy goes on that provides its own weight as well (laughs) Uh, but you can certainly use things around the home and your exercises generally get a little bit modified towards the end just to cater for the belly in the way so it's something to adjust as we go but doing anything during pregnancy is better than doing nothing yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, it, and they have said that for so long about all sorts of injuries, haven't they? You know, yeah. they used to say if you had a sore back, sit on sit at home on the couch for four weeks and that's changed. It yeah. is about movement and keeping keeping moving and keeping fit and active. So yeah. yeah, and that was a big thing even in our studio. If I was picking up weights that people thought were heavy, oh, Katie, don't lift that. Oh, don't do that. It's actually really good for me to do that. <laughs> so whereas historically the pregnant woman should rest and relax and take it easy, it's, it is changing purely because they can see the benefits of how people are recovering on the other side. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good tool to have in your belt and utilise for, for that nine months and beyond. Yeah, and I know people's intentions are right when they say, oh, you know, don't lift that or I'll help you. Of course. There. But I can remember saying, I'm pregnant, not sick. Yes. Like if I, you know, and, yeah, again, to not, I wasn't sick during my pregnancy, so I, I take my hat off to those that really do struggle during that time. But, yeah, that was my saying when people were always being extra polite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, so what would the three key things that you'd like people to sort of take away from from today? Looking after yourself is making yourself the priority is a really big part. Obviously, you're caught up in the world of creating life and, you know, it's wonderful bringing the baby into the world, but sometimes people don't feel that way as well. So just checking yourself and making sure that you are feeling okay. If you can implement any exercise, it is better than doing no exercise. So whether that's a walk with a girlfriend once a week, whether it is parking a little bit further away from the shops or any anything, anything is better than nothing. And having someone to keep you accountable, whether that's a friend, a family member, the dog, Scooby kept me very accountable, <laughs> mummy, <laughs> uh, having someone to answer to, to see how you're going from an exercise point of view and keeping you on track is, um, is really, really good. Everybody wants to know, you know, how many weeks and how far along and, you know, things like that. But looking after you as mama before baby, that's that's really encompassing all three of those things for sure. 
Yeah, you can't look after someone else if you can't look after yourself. Correct. And you, so we do talk about that all the time. Absolutely. Fabulous. Thank you, Katie. Um, really looking forward to part two of this. And um, But thank you today for what you've shared about uh, exercise and pregnancy and your journey and how you got through and implemented your own your own knowledge into your own pregnancy. Thank you. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.